This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Now, Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio. Good afternoon and welcome. Today we begin with very good news for a desperate Toronto family. 83-year-old Domingos Martins was found less than an hour ago after he was missing for five days. He suffers from Alzheimer's disease. He needs medication. Thankfully, he was found alive. He was breathing and conscious, though he was taken to hospital with some potentially serious problems. Thing is, this is not an uncommon situation. The Alzheimer's Society of Ontario says that three out of every five people with dementia go missing at some point, often without warning. So how was Domingos found? First of all, let's go to Constable Allison Douglas Cook to update us. Constable Douglas Cook, hello. Thanks for joining us. Hi, good afternoon, Libby. Okay, so uh, tell us uh, how this came about. Well, as you know, as you mentioned, we've, we've been looking for him for about five days now. And um, as part of that process, we reached to our specialists, our, our search management team, and they're specialists in urban search management. So various resources were deployed, and they know the, the areas that are good to search for um, someone who may be missing for a few days. So with their assistance and their expertise, uh, a few additional units and resources were used, including the police dog. And um, fortunately, we were able to find Mr. Martin's in he was located in the area of Highway 400 and Highway 401 in an industrial area. Okay, so so first it was it was police that found him then. That is correct. Yes. Okay, because the the family. I mean, your heart has to go out to the families. You know, they were just beside themselves. They ended up offering a five thousand dollar reward, mm-hmm. uh, but but it it comes down to professionals. Absolutely. And, um, and and as you mentioned, our, our heart, um, I think everyone could connect to the family in terms of their concern um, with um, Mr. Martins being gone for so long. As a matter of fact, I spoke with the search management staff sergeant and he advised that um, with the officers during the search, most of the people they connected with were aware of the, of the fact that we were looking for Mr. Martins through various media and social media. So that, that certainly assisted with the search, if, even if to just let us know areas that had already been searched that we did not need to look at. Oh, okay. That's that's interesting. Obviously, uh, getting out the word as much as possible helps. Uh, but uh, what are the uh, kind of things to look for? I mean, do do they uh, do they go to places that he might have frequented uh, before he was diagnosed with Alzheimer's disease? Uh, you know, how do they know where to look? Exactly. Those are um, all those things are taken into consideration. We will look at the person, their family, look at their habits, 
um, in this situation, as you mentioned, to places that places that Mr. Martins may have typically visited, even in the past, even a long time ago, are, are areas that are considered and areas that are searched. Um, we do rely on the public, and, and as I mentioned, thanks to the media and social media, we were able to reach a lot of residents in and around that area where he was missing. Um, and with their assistance, they were able to to help us with that search to let us know where they searched. But in that instance, what we specifically um, advise anyone who's assisting us is is checking your your neighboring area, checking your home, checking your backyard, sheds, um, even if there's you know creeks, ravines, anything in that area. That's what we that's where we ask for the public's assistance, and the rest we leave to the experts to tell us the areas that he may be fi- found in. Okay, uh, so how unusual is it to find somebody alive after they've gone missing? Well, it's hard to say in terms of numbers, but I will say that we're we're very pleasantly surprised and we're very pleased that we actually found Mr. Martins today and that he is alive. And um, by all accounts, he was conscious and breathing and hopefully his um, health continues to improve so he can return home to his family. Uh, uh, Do you have any idea how he managed uh, for this time? Uh, Where exactly it you said it was an industrial area, but was right. it a field? What what can you tell us about? Right, it was it was at the rear of um, a, a, a building in an industrial area at the back. I, I, I'm not sure exactly where it was, but I was told it's not anywhere where someone would typically be walking by. So that's why uh, part of the reason why I think he he we were unable to find him for a, a long period of time. Uh, so I don't know exactly where, but I know it was at the rear of the industrial area, somewhere that's not frequently frequented by the public walking by or, or driving by. And and do you know how he was able to get water, food, anything like that, where he slept? Uh-huh. At this point, it does not appear that he was able to, and um, that's why there's still a concern. I know that everyone's asking for an update on his condition, but it's a little too soon to say because um, by all accounts, it seems at least for a little while he was unable to get food or water. So um, there is that concern still as, as he's being treating it, treated in hospital. Okay. Um, Constable Douglas Cook, uh, you mentioned how important it is getting the word out. And uh, one of the ideas that crops up from time to time is uh, a silver alert system for older people, people with dementia, similar to the Amber Alert mm-hmm. system uh, that we have for missing children. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you uh, hear any talk of that or would that have made it easier? Um, I'm, I'm sure it wouldn't hurt. Um, you know, I mean, like you said, the, the awareness is really important. Um, it's very helpful. If there, are, you know, there, as uh, the staff sergeant mentioned, there are a, a lot more um, civilians than there are police officers. So the more people who are aware of it who can assist, and that's really helpful. Um, but in terms of a, a silver alert, we do not have that at this time. No. The, the Toronto Police, but it's certainly something that I mean, it's not. Um, it's not a bad idea yeah, <laughs> by any means. As, as you mentioned, it's something that we come across a little bit more frequently than we'd like to, to deal with or, or missing elderly, elderly, particularly people who are um, who've been diagnosed with Alzheimer's. Okay, we, we're going to soon be talking to a nurse clinician uh, from Baycrest for advice to people, but as a police officer, mm-hmm. do you have any advice for people who have loved ones with dementia? It's just, I, I, it's just, it's, it's a little hard to say because a lot of times they, they, they leave unnoticed. I guess it's just trying to, trying to stay in touch with them at all times, um, especially if they're living in the home. Just be aware of where they are, um, and just um, in terms of um, if it's a, a case where someone can easily leave, perhaps securing the, the home so it's not as easy for them to, to leave and be confused and lost. 
Okay. Uh, Constable Allison Douglas-Cook, thank you very much. And uh, believe me, it is such a pleasure to be able to talk mm-hmm. about a, a, a bad story with a happy ending. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I agree. Thank you, Libby, for having me on. Okay. Bye-bye. Okay. Bye. Okay. I'm going to give the numbers out now, and I'd like to hear from from you uh, if you've encountered this situation in any way, if you have a loved one with Alzheimer's or another form of dementia and it worries you, uh, just, um, you know, what you make of all of this and how it may have touched your own life. The numbers to call 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-740-4740. Now, there are people who obviously have expertise in this, how to deal with this, because uh, as I mentioned before, according to the Alzheimer's Society of Ontario, three in five people with dementia go missing at some point, and it's often without warning. So right now, let's go to Mindy Halper, who is a nurse clinician at Baycrest, who works directly with Alzheimer's patients and their families. Hi, Mindy. Hi, how are you? Fine, how are you? Good. I am so glad to hear that the ending of this story was good. Uh, I'm I'm sure. I mean, you know, you hear something like that, and also the amount of time his family last saw him on Friday. Yeah. Uh, so I I mean, you know, I have to say that I couldn't help but think the worst. Right. I think we were all thinking the worst and hoping for the best, and fortunately, we got the best. But this is so common. It really is. Okay. So yeah. uh, you're, So, what, are, what is your advice? I mean, he lives with his family. So what is your advice? Okay. My advice is basically to really observe the person. Um, there are some signs that, they can, that the family can see or the caregivers can see where they start to become wanderers or at risk for wandering. Um, many people with early Alzheimer's will go out during the day for their regular walks. And they will do this every day and come back at the same time. So a warning sign would be that they come back a little bit later than they usually do. Um, Some people forget how to get to familiar places, including places in the home, finding the bathroom, finding the bedroom, the kitchen. Um, if they start to talk about having to go to work, even though they've been retired maybe for many, many years, but they start talking about that or wanting to go home, even though they're already home, these are, these are warning signs that, um, uh, warn that wandering may be a risk here. Uh, what about locking the door? Okay, so you can lock the door. Uh, what we recommend is to have deadbolts installed above the line of vision so that when they look at the door, they won't see that deadbolt. It'll be higher up. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's one suggestion. And that um, is at, at what stage? I mean, I guess uh, there's also a danger. You refer to people with early stage Alzheimer's when they're still, you know, functioning a bit. I guess it can be hard to tell when somebody uh, has progressed, can it? Right. And, you know, even though wandering is more common in mid to late stage Alzheimer's, it can also occur 
in earlier stage Alzheimer's where there's just momentary confusion, um, where they just feel lost or they have this compulsion that they have to go to work or they have to go find something. Um, and so this can lead to them just walking out and wandering. Okay, so when should should those deadbolts be installed, in your opinion? I would say that when, usually families have some idea, like because of the increase in confusion, better do it earlier than later. Okay. Uh, yeah. I'm going to want to go to the phones because I'm sure people have questions for you. But okay. my final question is, I gather that also if you see a person wanting to leave, and sometimes they can be very um, uh, aggressive about wanting mm-hmm. to leave, that uh, rather than trying to talk them out of it, you're just saying, but but, Dad, you, you don't work anymore, uh, you kind of change the subject. Is, am I on the right track? Absolutely. Don't argue with them. Don't try to bring them back to your reality. If he thinks he has to go to work, just tell him, you know what, today I'm going to go to work with you. Come on, let's go. And go for a walk with them or go for a ride with them because soon they'll forget and that you can bring them back and you can reorient them later on um, without getting them really upset. But don't argue. Just they want to go, okay, can I come with you know, I really want to go for a walk, too. Can I come with you and go? Um, you know, this puts a, a tremendous burden on the caregivers, that's for sure. Um, it can be very anxiety-provoking and exhausting to have someone with Alzheimer's at home. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, let's uh, take a couple of calls, Mindy. We've got okay. Bridget in Norfolk County. Hi, Bridget. Thank you for taking my call. You're very welcome. Go ahead. I just, I I don't really have a question, um, but I have a comment. I know um, at one point of time in Simcoe County, they had something called a wandering registry Mm -hmm. where uh, people with um, Alzheimer's or dementia were registered um, and they had identification on them so that as, you know, when when they were found, they knew exactly where, sort of who they were. Um, so and I just wonder whether you know Toronto's has that anywhere. Well, they they obviously don't. Now the problem wasn't that they didn't know where he. There were yeah. there has been so much publicity. Yeah. Uh, the question is so there's in the United States there's this system called Silver Alerts in 36 states. And it's very simple, similar to the kind of blanket coverage that you get when there's an Amber Alert here. And it's been looked at. Um, the former Premier Dalton McGuinty proposed a silver uh, advisory system for Ontario, never got off the ground. Critics say it would have been overused. Uh, there was an attempt to start one in Manitoba. And in British Columbia, there are some private people who are trying their own. Uh, you know, I, I know some people don't think it's a good idea or, I don't know, be too complicated. But, uh, yeah, I don't think um, in Toronto, the, 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 the certainly the problem wasn't not knowing where he belonged. Yes, but I, I think it would just, you know, something like the Silver yeah. Alert or the Wandering Registry would just alert the general public to how many people there are who may be wandering. <laughs> 
um, I think, you know, the Alzheimer's Society is always incredibly helpful with resources too, um, you know, for, for caregivers. Yep. Um, I, I think uh, Mindy wants to respond. Bridget, thanks very much for your call. Thank you. Yeah, thank you, Bridget. So the Alzheimer's Society does have a Safely Home Medic Alert system that you sign up for. The forms are online. You fill them out, a full description of the person with Alzheimer's. Send it in. You get a bracelet, a medical alert bracelet. And this has really worked very well for a number of people that have wandered away, gotten lost, found by a passerby or a police officer or paramedic, and they're able to get them back home. There are also GPS chips that can be embedded in tennis shoes. Um, there are uh, GPS bracelets, um, cell phones. All these are ways of trying to track uh, the person as they're wandering around the city. Uh, I, I, that's, that sounds incredible, a GPS in the shoes or on the bracelet. What kind of a, equipment does the family need to have for that? So they would need to get that GPS chip. Um, there are some places online that you can actually order these kinds of devices. Um, there's an Alzheimer's store online that's very helpful um, for all different situations that may come up. Um, but that uh, is being made more available here in Canada. It is used throughout the United States. Um, is it very uh, expensive? Um, you know what? I don't know the price. I don't think it is that exorbitant of a price, um, especially when you consider that it will keep the person safe and that you can actually track them as they, you know, are wandering or walking around. Okay, uh, let's. Uh, that's really good information. I didn't know that. Anyway, let's uh, take a call from Henry in Hamilton. Hello, Henry. Oh, hello, Libby. Um very, very interesting topic. Uh, in my own family, I got three people like this. Wow. And, and how are they related to you? In-laws. Okay. Yeah. But I mean, I, we don't have to rehash it because it is very hard on the families, the caregivers. Yeah. But I want to mention I lived in the States for years and years, and in North Carolina, like Monroe, the police department is the sheriff's department, and people can be fitted with uh, a bracelet. And it is so, it's supported by volunteers to check that these things work, and nobody runs away, nobody gets lost. If anybody gets lost, they find them practically immediately. Mm -hmm. These are GPS bracelets. Mm -hmm. And I don't know what the cost would be here for our population, or like I say, even the city of Toronto could be tremendous. Um, maybe it would be something to um, talk to, this, talk to the Alzheimer people about it and the government, how much uh, such a program would be. Well, I, I don't even know that we need the, the, the government or waiting for the government. Uh, Mindy was just saying that these are available online. Uh, we don't know. Uh, we can look up. Um, how much they cost. Uh, we will actually try to look that up shortly here. Uh, but but it's it's something that a family can do on their own. Right. Yeah, I think they can do it, yeah. Yeah, do you, do you have, for your family members, do you have this? Yes, in the, in the U.S. Oh, okay, so in they're North not Carolina. here. 
Yeah. These, these things are supplied by the sheriff's department. Oh, they're so supplied, the- but... You know, if they're not supplied, there are certain things that I guess, you know, you can consider getting on your own. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, that's what I mentioned. Okay. You have a nice day. Thank you very much, Henry. Thank Bye-bye. Okay. Um, anything that you would uh, like to leave us with, Mindy? Yeah. Uh, you know, it's really a matter of prevention. Um, keeping the car keys, coats, and shoes out of sight. Um, Again, the locks installed above eye level. There are alarms that you can install that you can get at any local home store. So when the door does open, an alarm goes off, and that's really helpful so that if someone does go to wander in the middle of the night, you hear that alarm, you're able to get up and intervene. Um, Uh, Just just a question about that. If you leave shoes and coats out of sight, won't they wander out without but sometimes looking at these objects is enough to trigger them wanting to go out. Okay, uh, so, we just, sorry, yeah. <laughs> we just, I just got a note from our producer, Michelle Saunders. So the cost of those uh, GPS things are 70 to $200. Uh, I'm assuming that's U.S. dollars, but uh, to me that does not sound like a prohibitive cost. Correct. Correct. And if it can save someone's life and help them be found that much quicker without any uh, untoward effects, that would be really well worth the purchase price. Yeah. Um, And sorry I interrupted you. Anything else you'd like to tell us before we go? Just that the caregiver, this is so stressful on the caregivers that they need to really take care of themselves as well. That if they're really anxious, the person with Alzheimer's is also going to pick up on this. So we have to try to take care of ourselves while we take care of the person with dementia and be able to stay calm in rough situations and to be able to ask for help when needed. And whether that's through family, through the Alzheimer's Society, through their family physicians. Um, They have to ask for help. Okay. Mindy Halper, thank you so much for that very, very good advice, and uh, especially those suggestions for that GPS. Really appreciate it. You're welcome, Libby. Okay, bye-bye. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.